This morning, I want to teach shortly, within 40 minutes or so, on the subject, commitment to service. Commitment to service. Commitment to service. Lift your right hand and speak the language of the Spirit. Close your eyes and lift your right hand and speak the language of the Spirit of the Lord. Just edify yourself. Speak the language of the Spirit and get in tune with God this morning. We ask your spirit, Lord, to be here with us. Lemo Shande Vrafalata Mekoni Aresotene Adava Lekresetekedea. Let us hear your word and understand it this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lepanimo Shatagabaya. Your name be exalted in our midst. Your name be glorified in our midst. Somebody pray the language of the Spirit. In the name of our God, let every mountain be moved. In the name of our God, let every chain be loose. In the name of our God, let every eye be opened. In the name of our God, let every ear be opened. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, take your place in Jesus' name. Amen. Commitment to service. Tell somebody commitment to service. Oh, if you are clapping, let me allow you to clap. After such a powerful week, Grace and Oil Conference 2023, and a lot of blessings, decrees, prophecies, divine announcements were made on us. After a lot of engagement with the Spirit and assurance of God's blessing, we have to understand what to rightly position as well to receive from the Lord and to manifest our prophetic destiny. And in the Bible, there are many of such revelations. But today, I want to touch on the subject, commitment to service. When we say commitment, what is commitment? Commitment is a state of being, of being dedicated to a cause or somebody. Being dedicated to a cause or something or somebody. Commitment is being dedicated to an activity or a system. Are you following? Commitment is an obligation that restricts freedom of action. Commitment talks about an obligation 
that restricts freedom of action. Because when you are committed to something, you are under obligation to do and to respond in a certain way to the system. So if you are in a party A, and party A, there's a problem, in addressing the issue, you see that due to your commitment, you cannot say certain things online or on air. If you are married to brother A, due to your commitment, you are restricted in certain ways to other brothers. Commitment is also like a meter on your house. The meter on your house has been committed to your house. It cannot function for the next house. It functions only to your house. That meter has been restricted in its activity of connecting houses to electric power because it is committed to your house. Are you okay with the word commitment? So there are five words that clearly gives us a clear picture of what commitment is. Number one, dedication. Number two, loyalty. Dedication, loyalty. Commitment is bond. B-O-N-D. Bond. So if you are working in a company and they decide to give you scholarship to study abroad or to take up a course, in granting you the scholarship, they let you sign a bond. Say a bond. So that bond, some of them, you go and come back and, and work for them for five years. It is after five years that you can choose to resign or some are ten years. So commitment is a bond, is a burden. Commitment is a burden. It's a burden. And number five, commitment is a charge. A charge. Now what is service? Service is an action of helping, an action of helping or doing work for someone. Service is an action of helping or doing work for someone. Service is also to perform routine activities. So I preach to you every Sunday. I preach to you every Tuesday. I minister to you every Friday. I minister to you when you are bereaved. I name your children. I dedicate your shops. I dedicate your companies. I pray for you when you are sick. I am rendering service to you. Someone sweeps your house every week. He or she is rendering a service to you. Someone plays the organ for the church. He is helping or rendering service to us. Five words that... Okay, service is also to do a good thing for a good cause. To do a good thing for a good cause. So, horses are ushering. It's a good thing for a good cause. Car park attendants are there. They could have also been in the building, but they are doing a good thing for a good cause so that our car park will be well ordered and people can park their cars well. It's a kind of a service. Five words that make service clearer. Number one, 
It's an act of assistance. It's an act of assistance. So you see someone will come and put water in the pulpit for pastor. It's so that when pastor is thirsty, he doesn't need to come down, go to his office, take a, open the fridge and take water. It's an act of assistance. Number two word that helps you understand service is a helping hand. A helping hand. Number three is a favor. Service is favor. Doing someone a favor. When you serve someone, you are doing the person a kind of favor. I'm carrying two loads on the road. You meet me and say, Sir, can I help you with one? You have done me a favor, saving me energy and helping my health not to deteriorate. Because in holding the two, I could tear a tendon or I could harm myself. But you help me by showing me a favor. Number four, ministrations. Service means ministrations. So ministry is service. Pastor, I sense that God is calling me into ministry. You are actually saying, Pastor, I sense that God is calling me to serve him more. So ministry is service. Ministers, minister, so, so, and so. Now people are fighting over that title. I am minister, so, so. You are trying to say you are a servant. It's simple, servant. So ministrations mean service. Number five, assistance. When you assist someone, you are serving the person. So now, what is commitment to service? Commitment to service is a call to total dedication and total devotion. Total dedication, total devotion to serving Jesus, his kingdom, his purpose, and his people. It's a total dedication and a total devotion to serving Jesus, his kingdom, his purpose, and his people. That is commitment to service I am talking about. Serving Jesus. I remember Prophet Akonai mentioning serving God means serving God, his church, and his men, and his principles. Who, who remembers that? Yeah, his men, his principles. So when you are serving God, you serve God you serve his kingdom, his church. You serve his purpose. And then you serve his people. Say, I will serve God and his purpose. I will serve God and his kingdom. I will serve God and his people. So salvation is free. Salvation is free. But if you will get a reward in the kingdom, you must work for it. Salvation is free. Going to heaven is free. Receiving Christ is free. But to receive a reward, you must work. We must work. We must work. We must put ourselves to service to God, His purpose, and His people. Amen. That destiny that he has put in us, it can only be unveiled through service. Through service. If 
If a life is not serving the Lord and his interest, that life can never see that glory. No matter what the person engages in, the glory and the destiny in the glory in you is only going to be revealed as we give ourselves to his service. It's very difficult to talk about service in our time because everybody wants to be the king. Hi, are you here? Oh, are you here? Everybody wants to be the borough. Everyone, everybody wants to be the one giving the commands. But many of us are missing out on what Christianity is. We are gradually missing out on what Jesus actually came to the world to do. And we are building our own empires and creating our own systems of churches. But when Jesus came, he came to show us a way. He said, the one amongst you, that will be the greatest. Let him be your servant. That is the way of Jesus. And if you have forgotten, I came here to put you into remembrance. The destiny in you can only be glorified when it is serving the Lord and his interest. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Do you know that it's very difficult to serve God than to serve a president of a nation? Hello? I'm talking. It is very difficult to serve God than to serve a rich man. Do you get it? Yes. It's very difficult to serve God because God is invincible. It's very easy for you to serve Kwame Despite as, as his driver. Because by all means, every time something will pass through your hands. It's very easy for you to, if, if you are here and they call you, they say they are forming a team for the ex-president, President Obama, and they found that the, he said he wanted a black lady. And they found you to come and serve in that team, you will be so excited than what you are even doing for the Lord now. It's difficult to serve the Lord. But it's easy to serve men. Because men will give you immediate reward. And because of our nature as human beings, we easily take up certain pride towards who we serve. Are you here? We, we, I mean, you can meet a security man at the mall and he feels more important than you that you own a provision shop in a small container. Because of what he's doing and where he works. A security man at the American embassy will feel more important than a medical doctor because of what and where he serves. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God to us. So we are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith, but we are saved to work. Say, I'm saved to work. Oh, say it, I'm saved to work. Do you know life is about work? Life is about work. 
everybody on earth, you will discover, if you have not discovered yet, is that when you wake up in the morning, what life is telling you is that it's time to work. When you wake up, life is not telling you go and sleep again. What life is telling you is that it's time to work. Salvation is free. But after we have been saved, we have been called to work. Tell somebody we have been called to work. The prosperity of a man is in his work. If you be blessed, it's out of the work of your hands. If you will prosper, it's out of the work of... What you do is what prospers you. What you do is what prospers you. What you are working for is what blesses your life. I'm coming. We are not saved to be worked for. We are saved to work for the interests of God. When a man is not saved, he can work for his own interests or the interests of others. But when we become saved, when we become born again, we are saved to work in the interest of our master, Jesus Christ. So every kind of work, whether in church, whether in the corporate, anything we work for, any system we are working for, any purpose we are working for, that does not bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not supposed to work for it. Oh yes. Our life must glorify the Lord in all that we do. Hallelujah. The cause of the king must be our cause. The cause of Christ must be our cause. The cause of God must be our cause. We must make God's interest our interest. Because you see, the system we are in now, everything is taking our time. Everything is taking our energy. Everything is taking our interest. Everything wants us. And God also needs us. There are two different things. God needs you. Others want you. And you have to respond to the need first. And the want will be added to everything you need. I thought you were clapping. God needs you. God needs you and everything. And you have to share your time. But your first priority must be that. Have I given to Caesar what is Caesar's? Have I given to God what is God's? Because you are God's people. We are not man's people. We are God's people. When we are in trouble, we don't call a man's name. And look, a name is what you need. Everybody here, you are working and you are working for a name. It's in your, you see, it's, it's, it has not occurred to you. You are working for a name. A work will give you a name. A work gives you a name. If you see somebody putting together wood and cutting and putting nails on it, you give him a name. What name? A carpenter. We are all working for a name. As a pastor the church, I want it one day to say, for somebody to say, oh, that is a great pastor. That is a great church. That church, that pastor, we knew where he started from and where he has been. It is out of work that names are made. 
And that is why Jesus, when he completed his assignment, a name was given to him. What, work, what name are you working for? What name is your life building gradually? And names are not made in a day. Today you are proud of Kwame Despite and all those people. Sam Jonah and all those people. You got to see them in their 20s. You got to see them when they were taking decisions. You got to see them how their decisions injured their families. You got to see them. You can see a great man of God, Dr. Tabel. You can see them. You don't know the price, the work that goes into making a name. Sometimes their families don't enjoy them. You enjoy them. But it is because a name must be made. What name are you building for your life? What name? After you have been saved, what name are you building? The Bible said a good name, a good name. We are all living for names. We are all living for names. Not just your same name from your father's house. And even that is a pride to you. The, the name you carry is a pride to you. And because of that, you see certain tribes, because they don't want to change their same name into another tribe. Every man that comes from that tribe, they will not accept. Because the name, yet they are in Framuja. Framuja. We stay in our bloodline. We don't miss blood. You are living for a name. Your work is giving you a name. When you are no more, your works must follow your name. What are you working for? What are you serving? Whose purpose are you serving? What is your blood being spilled out for? After salvation, you are to work for the Lord. Your time, your profession, your career, you are to work for the Lord. I've seen people work for great companies and they retire. You see them over years and they are just wasted. Just the company has drunk everything out of them. Everything out of them and they are wasted. But there is a company when you work for. You cannot be wasted. That's the company of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot be wasted. Because he is a rewarder. There are companies. You can work for a company. A government company. When you retire, they give you deep freezer. They clap for you. Deep freezer and TV. And they do some, we thank you for your service, we will miss you, this, this, that. And then they give you a TV and a small tabletop fridge. Jesus won't do that. The kingdom of God is not like that. Every Christian is a slave. Every Christian is a slave and a born servant to Christ. We are slaves of Christ. And we are born servant to Christ. Whatever we are doing and whatever we are engaged in must glorify our master. Whatever we are doing and whatever we are engaged in, whatever we will do, whatever we assign ourselves to, whatever we commit to, it is service. But what type of service? What type of service? 
You don't, you see, when you understand this, you don't come and you don't need to ask plenty of questions about what you want to do. And sometimes the question is to trap the pastor or the Christian. I want to do this. What do you think? Is it good for a Christian to do this? When you understand what, if you get this understanding that you are to serve Jesus, his kingdom, his purpose, and his people, you understand that many a times and the reason many people are confused about what the church of God stands for is that the people in the church have changed the style that Jesus wanted the church to be. And so that the pressure is on the pastor to preach like many so that the people will be comfortable. But the truth is that Jesus wants everything we do that men will look at it and clap for him and not for us. Yeah. Because everything we are doing, his footsteps must be seen in it. And that's why I told you it is difficult to serve the Lord compared to serving man. But when you work for man, you pay your salary. Then no, you see the cash, 5,000, 6,000, 12,000. Yeah. But it's difficult to serve the Lord. When God will pay you, you never know. But the master we work with, he never uses men and dumps them. And when God uses you for a long time, he will bless you for a long time. I thought you were saying amen. amen. Clap and give God praise. Amen. To keep a man in Christ's consciousness. If you want to stay conscious of Christ, you have to serve Christ. That is the key. You have to serve Christ. If you want to stay conscious, if you are working for a man, let me give you an example. You are working for your boss. Whatever you are doing is to facilitate your boss's work. Yes or no? You want him or her to appraise you well. You want him or her to be proud of you. So, if you want to stay Christ conscious, and I'm telling you the truth, the competition for our conscience in our days is very high. It's very, very high. The, the competition for our attention. So many things want to take our attention. So many things. And how do you become a Christ conscious Christian? How to be conscious? I laid down and I was praying last week. I was just praying on my bed. At dawn, I was just praying. I said, Lord, how much of you is in me? I was trying to assess myself. How much of Christ is in me? How much of you is in my mind? How much of you is in my thoughts? How much of Christ is in us? And most of the times you see that we become, you can be filled with so many things and Christ is being suffocated somewhere in your brain, in some corner. But he must actually take the preeminence over our minds. And when he takes the preeminence, our decisions, our de um, dilemmas, our troubles will be so light on our hearts. But we have turned the thing upside down. It looks like our problems have submerged Christ in our minds. The weight of our problems seems to be too much for us to even have a Christ consciousness. Today the Lord delivers you in the name of Jesus. As you commit to serving his interest, 
when you serve God for a long time, the winds of life becomes light matter to you. When you see a Christian and the issues of life have swallowed him or her, talk to the person for a while. You will see that Christ consciousness is not there. Because when Christ consciousness, look, when I began church as a pastor, there were many things that could trouble me. And I would spend days praying about it. But now, they don't trouble me. I've mastered them. You can be a master of your storms. You can be a master of your winds. You can be a master of the game. When Jesus met storms, he mastered the storms. He silenced them. It means when we allow Christ to take over our minds, ah, the bites of men will not affect us. The winds will not affect because we know where we are going. People are afraid. Hey, third world war is coming. Third world is not my, my, my border. Let them bomb the whole of Ghana. Let us die. I will not die because I am already with the Father. You didn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you are, hey, with third world war, we are going to destroy everything. We are going to die. You are not going to die if you are with the Father. You are already with the Father. You just translate and you are gone. But you are thinking about your worldly possessions. That is why you are afraid to die. That is why you pray very loud. You see, when you don't have anything in life, you don't pray against premature death. But when you have a lot of things and your heart is not aligned with Christ, you will value... I, 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 I told my wife a story, or she told me, I forgot him, but I told her a story about a little girl and a mom. And listen to this. It will bless most of you. And it, it, it opened my eyes to something. The little girl asked the mom. They were chatting. Then the little girl asked the mom, why don't you allow maybe AC? AC is house help. Why don't you allow AC to come to our bedroom, your bedroom? And then the mother said, ah, AC in my bed. No, 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 no. I have too many treasures and things there. I'm protecting them. I have a lot of treasures inside them. And I don't want a stranger to enter my room. That's why I lock it. Then the daughter was quiet and was looking at the mom. Not knowing the daughter was analyzing something in the mind. She said, Mommy, you don't trust AC to, for your chains and things? And you leave me with her to sleep? You leave me with her every time. And I sleep in her room. She sleeps in my room together overnight. And the mother was heartbroken. And that is what happens to us as Christians. Yes. The person who is too very close to you, Christ, we actually don't allow him into certain areas of our lives. Meanwhile, he should be the one to have access. We treasure our treasures more than the treasure of heaven. Are you here with me? Look, if a prophecy has failed in your life, Christ never failed in your life. I pity Christians who stop following God, who stop church work, who stop going to church because a 
common prophet prophesied to him or her and the prophecy did not come to pass. So the person is angry with God. You were never saved in the first place. You were never saved in the first place. Because I don't think that my son will come to me, ask me for something, and I said, I will give you, and I've lied to them many times, like you. I'm going to tell you, I can be Oh, next weekend, we'll go to, we'll get KFC party. Mommy will not cook over. Oh, next weekend, by the time they come, I'm in my blanket, I'm asleep. Daddy, didn't you say, but I said, I said it, but we'll talk about it later. I am man, I'm not God. I can't imagine my son packing his things and leaving the house because daddy said you give KFC and he has left. How can you receive a prophecy from a prophet? A prophet who knows in part and prophesies in part. He told you what God wants to do, but he has not revealed to you what God wants you to do. He has, God leaves it for other ministrations that in teachings like this, God is teaching you what to do so that the prophecy you receive, you will enter into it. Teaching you. God does not lose. He has over 3 billion. There are over 3 billion to 4.5 billion Christians on the earth. You are giving God a bad name. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really care. His own son cried. He sent him to die for you. Broke man. God sent Christ to die for you. And the Christ being the fullness of God's prophecy, he sent him to you and changed you from the kingdom of darkness into light. What is a microcosm of prophecy that came to you and you are, no. We lose more when we go away from God. And God does not lose much because he's ancient of days. Nobody can determine him. He determines all things. We lose more when we leave him. I, I, I pray that you will never come to a point of your life where you are angry with God, angry with his church, angry with Jesus, angry. I pray that you will not fall into a certain temptation because there could be certain temptations that if you don't take care, can cause you to hate God. Hey, Pastor, me, I can't hate God. You are lying. You are not there yet. You've not found yourself there yet. There are pastors who hate God. They are preaching, but they hate God. Because they preach for 16 years and they have no land. They preach, they preach, and their people don't give them money. They are angry. Their wife is hungry. Their children can't go to good schools. So they are preaching, but they are angry with God. Yeah. And may you not get to that point where you are serving God, but you are serving God. You and God, you bore God. You bore God. Let me end in seven minutes. Give the Lord a mighty clap of hands. I try to imagine how God feels when people go away from Him. He cries more than them. And if you cannot walk with God for a long time, you can never remain in glory for a long time. You only have an option to join occult or get blood money. Because if you walk with God, he will test you. You will be tested. He will try you. I was teaching them about postures of prayer this morning. 
Those of you who miss church workers meeting, try and be coming early. You'll be blessed. There's a posture. There's a point every Christian, your life as a Christian has many faces. Though Christ in you is the hope of glory, you will go through many faces. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. He was poor, but he was a child. He became a man. So you go through many faces. You can come to a point that you are a deprived child of God. <laughs> you are a weak child of God. You are a sick child of God. You, a, a child of God that has sinned. You are a sinner. You are a child of God, but you are a sinner. But you are still a child of God. And all those faces, Paul comes to tell us, all things work together for our good. Never come to that point. When the year began, I told God in prayer, and I even showed a powerful seed that by the end of October, we have done the washroom, the children are there, we have done all the tasks. Me, I covenanted with God here. Nothing. But I'm cool. Because it is his work. It is his work and he's doing it. And I am over worried than him. So he's, I'm sure he's tapping my back. Nanayao, prince, relax. It's my work. I know what I'm doing. The pastor asked me yesterday. He, there are a few years, there are about three years, they want to go on the app property to start something. And a senior pastor told him to wait. But he has to go, he has to go. And I said, listen, when you start church, your passion is stronger than your knowledge. Listen. Listen. I stand with what the old man who, who advise you is saying, wait. Wait. Because the waiting is what annoys all of us. Charlie, it's, it's tiring. It's tired. The waiting. I was watching a video. A friend sent me a video about some nice church. They said, Apostle, where we go catch here? I said, you and who? You're on your own. You're your own. Don't, don't live your life like God has left you. God is with you. Have the mind of commitment to his service. If even God won't save us from the fire, we are there. I am not bowing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't know. Daniel. Did Daniel fail? Your commitment to God in service will prove the glory of God in your life. Yeah. It may not be at the time you expected it, but it will be at the right time. There is a right time. And that right time, most of the time, we miss it. But God never misses it. I pray that your spirit will be set on fire this morning. If there are no servants of God in the church, the church will not grow. If there are more servants in the church, the church grows. And a servant, we need some to work in the church, literally. We need some to, to help. 
We need people who will hold the post of the church. Somebody is somewhere. People want to do service. Somebody walk to me, walk to me. Pastor, I work here and here. There are three slots for um, service people. The reason why people don't walk up to us again like that is that when you put the people there, they go and disgrace you. But we are under command to be servants of God. To serve who will sing, who will sweep the church, who will give towards what and towards what. Look at what the September bonds have done, those doors. Let's clap for them. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's just so we have retired the plywood. So somebody can be sitting somebody and say, during the grace and oil, so why didn't they face the door? Why is the door? Why they could have just done door? How much is the door? So grace and oil, it was plywood. But today, this one has come. And when it comes, it has come. It will be here for years. You have no plywood again. It's a lesson to you. There are things you are dying for. The day it comes, it will become common in your eyes. Yeah. That thing you see like, if I don't get it, my life is not nice. My life, if I get this thing, if I sit in the Jaguar, they'll know that I'm a Jaguarized Christian. When it comes, you see that it's, it's common. Too many people are rushing for things that will be common in your life. I always tell people, whatever you are dying for, people are walking on it as grass and sand. It has come. It's there. Beautiful. What next? God will keep doing what he wants to do. The same way God is constructing your life. Have a commitment of service to him. Let me end by making these statements and then we pray for some five minutes and we go. Ephesians chapter 6 verses. Have you been blessed at all? Yeah. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. We are servants of Christ. I've heard people preach, we are, we are not supposed to call ourselves servants. That is the problem of the charismatic church. That is why we are in a mess. That is why people do what they want to do. And then when even a pastor calls them to correct them, they say, I know my right. That is why you are suffering in your marriage because you cannot step forward and tell pastor. When the pastor comes to speak, the marriage will break. Nobody owes anybody anything. Because the charismatic church has made all of us think that we must all rule. So who should say? And I'm going to solve it with one verse. Yeah. We, we want to have dominion. We want to be in charge. It's true. We'll do the other. You have to prosper. You must be a commander of many people. And all of us, nobody wants to be a secretary to a boss forever. As you are secretary, you want to also climb. Like a mate and a trotter driver. The mate, most weekends, Sundays when you sit in trotter, 90% of them are mates under training. May God give you your own car so that you don't die early. You didn't say amen. amen. You didn't say amen. amen. Yeah, that is the time their bosses to rest and the boys are on the road. 
I pray that you will stop taking trotro in the name of Jesus. The Lord blesses you with a powerful car. Not that small car that will leave you a circle. One of the things that happens to me I don't like is when my car gets spot and I'm by the road. <laughs> I was by the road last week. I could have to hide myself. My, my car got spot. And the most annoying thing is when you book the Uber, I don't like the look. I want the comfort. Because at least when I'm in, they close the room and it's dark. When you book them, 17 minutes away, 16 minutes away. When you are waiting, then they cancel the thing. Then you'll be standing there. Pastor Prince, oh, bless you. One of the sad points was when somebody stopped. He and the husband. I pray that you have your own powerful car. Amen. He and the husband. And the wife was like, Pastor Prince, see, hey, no Pastor Prince, it's Pastor Prince. The man was just there, cold. Then the lady, oh, Pastor, hop in. Where are you going? And I look at the man's face. I told the woman, I'm okay. Cool. May you not have a partner who is anti-God. You are not saying amen. You don't know what it means. <laughs> I look at the man's face. Like a, he's a pastor, so I don't blame him. Some of the pastors have been messy in their dealings. But I pray for you that God will reconstruct you. Let me give you the verse and then we go because of time. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. I end there. A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Go to Revelations 1, 5 to 6. Quickly. Quickly. Revelations 1, 5 to 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins and in his own blood verses and has made us kings and priests. Kings and priests. So as much as God wants you to have dominion, Christ showed us how to have dominion. Let the one who wants to be the greatest amongst you become. So because he has made us kings and priests. When you hear priesthood, you are talking about service. Say service. Say service. I pray that after today, many of us will find something to do in the house of the Lord. And something to do for God's people and for God's purpose. You will find something to do. Elijah had Elisha. Elisha was pouring water on Elijah's hands. That was a rich man pouring water. Was not a poor man. He had his own business doing that work for over 20 years. And God never neglected Elisha. What are you doing for the Lord in the house of the Lord? We have a drama department. We have expressions. We have, we have choir. We have this. We have that. The last time I, I checked with the dancers, I went to their leader and I said, I don't see the elderly dancing, the young adults. 
Have they graduated from serving God in dancing? What is wrong? He said, they don't want to dance with their children. I said, what? They don't want to dance with their children. Were you not a child at one point? When I started, it was that hey, I've choked them. Say, you have not choked them. I observed it. You cannot outgrow the service of God. That I have I've grown, so I can't preach on salvation. No. You are serving as an usher, then So now, like not normal. When they say see you, there are a lot of CEOs who are broke. I'm not talking. <laughs> There are a lot of anybody can become a CEO. A lot of people. You'll be shocked that the truck truck driver says he's a CEO. Yeah, he's a CEO because he has a taxi has given to someone. That's a transport business. So be careful when you're receiving the prophecy. Hear it well. <laughs> God can lift you into a very great position. You cannot outgrow your service to God. You can't. Say, where are they? Why are they not dancing? They have left it for the children. The children say, pack the children more. Because in five years' time, they will not be children and would have had a better dancing group. What you don't do for God, God will raise others to do it. I thought you are clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Would have, by five years' time, because the, the children I named when I started this church, they are 12 years. They have become uh, puberty children, they have grown grown. 12 years plus. I want you to close your eyes and pray to God. That God make me your servant. Let me serve you and your interest. Wherever I find myself. In church at the corporate wherever I find myself. What would you want me to do? What would you want my life to mean to you? What would you want me to do more? What do you want me to do more? I don't want to abdicate my post. I don't want to abdicate what I do for you. I am not tired of you, God. I might not have seen what I want to see. I might be frustrated, but I will not let my frustration take me out of the place of pouring my life for you. Jesus, you did it for me, and I will do more for you. I will do it irrespective of what I have today. Irrespective of where I am today. I will do it and do it and do it. Pray to God that Lord help me. Help me. You may not have the time but you may have the money. You may not have the money but you may have the time. You may not have the time but you may have the skill. Lift your voice and pray that you will not come to that point. We always laugh at something. We always mock at something. We always put him into ridicule but this man even when he lost his two eyes. He lost the most important thing to a man. He still requested to fight for the Lord. He said, Lord, one more time, put me between the pillars. One more time, I might have lost my eyes. I might have lost my handsomeness because my eyes are gone. But God, my heart for you is still big. It's still on fire. Put me between the pillars and remember me for once. I want to fight for you for the last time. I want to cause damage in the camp of the enemy that will be irreparable. Put me in between the pillars and give me my strength for the last time. Lord, I pray for your people that nobody, 
nobody will fall off will fall off in your service everything I give to you oh withholding nothing withholding nothing Lord I surrender vessels let us lose ourselves and take up your calling to serve and serve and serve make us worthy servants make us loyal servants and we make ourselves faithful and consistent servants we will not be missing at our post we give you praise we give you glory Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering.